Prostate Coffee Talk is brought to you by Latter-day Lesbian Coffee Blend. Apostate Coffee and the Latter-day Lesbian Podcast? Sounds like an eternal marriage we can get behind. Now bow your head and say yes to this celestial union. Raise your hand if you love great coffee and great podcasts. Well, here's a tender mercy for you. Apostate Coffee has partnered with the Latter-day Lesbian Podcast to create a very sacred, not secret, lesbian blend because damn good people plus damn good coffee equals a damn good life. Are you ready to nourish and strengthen your body with a damn good cup of apostate coffee as you listen to the latest episode of the Latter-day Lesbian Podcast? You don't even need to be a lesbian for the aroma of the lesbian blend to hit you harder than the spirit as you brew a damn good life from the coffee grounds up. There is zero bitterness and perfect acidity with smooth and balanced hints of caramel and cocoa that slow dance on your palate until the lesbian love is felt in every fiber of your being. You have been warned. You will catch yourself saying, I have never had coffee this good before in my life. It is perfect coffee. Buy some, try some. I bear testimony that you will never go back to choking down burnt sugar-loaded sludge. Friends don't let friends drink subpar coffee. Welcome to Apostate Coffee Talk. I am Liz. I'm Devin. We are sarcastic, sassy, and smartassy, living and loving life on our own terms. So tonight we're going to be talking about um, why the church cannot change and accept gay marriage and why we believe that it's not why we left the church, but why we absolutely cannot return. Agreed? Yep. Good. So our last episode, episode three, I uh, did kind of a flashback a year and a half ago that I recorded a really awesome mother in heaven about how she's being invisible. And so we're going to talk about, it's kind of going to come full circle right back to that. So um, again, I am so ashamed to admit that I had no knowledge of any um, LGBTQ rights and issues, and I just did not pay attention to that when I was in the church. Yep, and same here. Yeah. Now that we're out and we're we're strong, we're humanists now. We uh we feel like speaking out and up and being loud and proud ourselves. That's so. right. And we were in, we even lived in California for a time during Prop Eight, although I was too busy to even do anything about that anyway. Thank goodness. So I didn't contribute right. to that. But because you were in we the were Navy, there. yeah, that's I was, why I was pretty busy in the Navy. So, but we were we knew about it, but we yeah we didn't do anything about it. Unfortunately. So we're doing something now. Well, well fortunately, because we, we were in the church at the time, so fortunately we didn't participate I in guess. Prop 8, yeah, you're all right. that negativity against LGBTs. We knew about it, and then we knew the church was doing stuff, but yeah. Anyway. Sort of like, yeah, they're handling it. We don't have to. Yeah. All right. So um, this idea that uh, people can choose to be gay, right? That's kind of what... That's what the church thinks, yeah, for yeah. their leadership. Right. Well, and it's sort of what I thought, too, because that's what the church was teaching me. Right. Correct. And we all know that that is false. 
Rosamundo. Right. Yeah. You know, because, you know, you you know, when you kind of grew up, you chose at some point in your life, you went, hmm, I could either be gay, bisexual, I could be straight. You know, I think I'll be straight. Yeah. And just also be straight from here on out. Right. Because you had to think about that when you were little. Well, for me, it just was like, that's the way it was. I was. I didn't know any different. I didn't think about it. I don't believe I am, but that doesn't mean that somebody else isn't. Right. You know, that's what I'm saying. Like, because other people, you know, that, that come up lesbian or gay or whatever, they have those feelings starting. And we've heard like age right. five, six, seven, eight, whatever. And to them, they just, you know, they're attracted to the same sex or to both sexes or whatever. Right. Right. But we never really had to give it a second thought because it was, we, we felt like we were in the norm anyway. So it's for those right. people that they are gay or lesbian. They didn't choose it. We don't, we don't believe that right. anymore. Right. But that's what we thought, right? Because that's what the church taught us. Right. Yep. So um, now that we have established it is a scientific fact that people are born the way that they're born, um, I want to tell you a little bit about my transitioning out of Mormonism and how, um, I guess you would say my eyes were opened to the lifestyle that I had known nothing, known nothing, no, knew nothing about. Knew, Blah. Knew nothing about. Right. <laughs> yeah, so I watched a video. If you go onto YouTube, and I'll attach it in the uh, show notes, it's called Love is All You Need. And it's, it says full length in there. don't know if that matters. But in August 2012 is when it was new. And I watched it, I believe it was March or April of 2013. So it was still pretty spanking new. And um, it is basically a story where everything is switched. So um, gay and lesbian lifestyles are the norm. And a girl grows up knowing that she's different because she likes a boy. And I don't want to go and give you the ending or anything like that. Just realize I cried like a baby, like bawling. And it literally was a light switch where I just, I started watching when I thought one way And by the time it ended, I did a complete reversal. And I was like, what was I doing? I no longer believe what I did 20 minutes ago. It was crazy. Right. Yeah. So um, I realized that I now have actual empathy for other people instead of just sympathy. You know, where I go, oh, poor them. Oh, well. Right. I now was like, holy crap, I feel it. I know what they're thinking. I now know what it feels like for them. Because you kind of took a, a walk in their shoes while you're watching that video. Okay. And, right. Well, and it was easier to relate to them, right? Because we are straight and they're portraying a straight person being, well, like we the don't want to get away, but being yeah. the other. Yeah. So. so go ahead and tell me about your growing up. Okay. So yeah, growing up in the LDS church and being a guy, you know, uh, you know, sexuality is bad and, you know, they talk about it in the, the, <laughs> The worthiness in your interviews, I guess, a little bit uh, for for the strength of youth or whatever. But I, I grew up, you know, there wasn't if if there were any gay or lesbian, you know, kids at our high school. I don't remember, maybe one, oh, right? You know, but but it wasn't someone I hung out with or whatever. And it's not Didn't like really they said anything. Yeah, back then yeah. they and, wouldn't have. And I only really started to see a few, not even in some of my working jobs that I had because they were a lot of them were LDS, and the you know we were. Or young or whatever, but 
Um, but in the in the military, the don't ask, don't tell was repealed uh, right mm-hmm. toward the beginning of when I joined the Navy. But it was still, you know, kind of taboo. I think you're, you know, the, the gay and lesbian folks within the military were probably right. still careful that, about retaliation. That was still about twelve or thirteen years ago. And high school for us was like twenty years ago. Right, right. Or don't ask. Yeah, don't end. ask, don't tell. I think it's about ten. 10, 11? I think it was 2008, if I remember, but I don't really recall. And that's about the time okay. I joined the Navy. But um, but yeah, there was only... Uh, oh, I can add. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, there was only one particular person <laughs> I remember who was you know, fairly flamboyantly type gay, so I knew he was, but I didn't ask him. I, I just assumed he was, you know. Um, and I didn't really interact with him a whole lot. And then um, there was another guy I found out was gay after I left the Navy, and I saw him on... Um, American uh, Ninja Warrior or whatever. Oh, cool. And, and they kind of did, you know, sometimes they do the stories about the people. And he talked about, you know, being in the military and being gay. And now that don't ask. To, and I was like, what? You know, <laughs> so this is after I got out of the Navy. I found out he was uh, he was gay. And I worked with this guy, you know, for two years on and off, you know. And I had no idea. I don't know if he just never said anything to me because he knew I was LDS. And he knew how they thought about people and gays and stuff. Uh, yeah. But, but yeah, very little experience with uh, gay or lesbian. Pretty much, I don't know, I think I knew any lesbian folks at all. Just a couple After handful of After the facts. Fact. That, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I had very little, it, you know, it didn't affect me all that much. So, like, these policies and things. Oh, and I remember thinking that, um, you know, I remember thinking, like, the HIV plague or whatever, uh, the HIV mm. disease. Um I remember thinking that, oh yeah, it was probably to to punish the gay people because of what they what they did, right? That's right. I don't know if it was explicitly taught in the mm-hmm. LDS church. I think it was just one of those conclusions I kind of made on my own when I was in the church, you know, which is awful to admit, but that's you know how we were taught, right? Um, and there's something else with that too. The knee jerk. Oh yeah. So um. Oh, and and the idea that I I always attributed the being gay or whatever the homosexuality thing was this this it was all about the sex part and how dirty that was and how they do sex or well, whatever, they right? sort of teach sex is dirty anyways yeah that's kind of yeah. true yeah um and so that negative stigma to it so i i always had like a knee-jerk reaction that if someone was you know, if mainly you see it like a tv show or a movie right if you see someone who's gay my my initial knee-jerk reaction is like yeah you know like that disgust or whatever, right? Oh yeah. And it and it wasn't until we've been out of the church, you know, we've been out of church for five, maybe six years, right? Six and a half, baby. But I remember even even right as we got out of the church, and my mind had changed, where I don't, I didn't feel that way anymore intellectually, but my knee jerk reaction was still kind of that way, and it took several years to get past that, and I don't think I feel that anymore, right? But but yeah, it took a while. Yeah. So that's kind of my. You know, growing up, yeah, definitely. I think we are kind of normal in the Mormon world for that. Yeah. I think the vast majority of Mormons feel exactly as we were taught. Right. There's that yeah. handful that you know, kind of always had you know, um, uh, always thought of people's rights within the church. Right. The, the yeah. Think think more forwardly. Thinker. They're more forward thinking than. Most of the other members or whatever, right? But that wasn't us. We were kind of the average, you know, we, yeah. we kind of believed what we were taught and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And so now it's sort of the question, well, what do we do for our children? How do we teach them? And uh, we don't actually sit down and haven't 
uh, except for this last week, and talk about, okay, there are gay people in the world, and this is how you should treat them. I think they just saw us and our new reaction, kind of the only reaction that they ever saw, was that we were accepting, that we loved people, that we, it was just normal, right? It was normal to be gay, it was normal to be lesbian, and it's normal to be straight. It's just, who are you? Type right. of idea. Yep. And uh, this last week, though, we did sit down with our kids, our two older ones, and we watched that video together. And we watched their reactions, and we talked about it, and it was amazing. You know, I still bawled like a boob, but that's the point. Yeah, it was it was incredible to see their reactions of how like they're like this is awful. Like people get treated this way, right? So yeah, yeah. So that was really good. So strongly suggest that and it just seems like they instinctively know hey love is love so i'm gonna accept you because you're another human being right they they hadn't been programmed like we had in in a conservative super conservative you know high demand religion so right seeing just what they see at school or whatever it's probably a lot more normalized than what we grew up with you know right right so, so now the question comes um should the church change should they accept homosexuality as if it's a normal thing for them in their doctrine, in their policies, their procedures? And, um, you know, the question comes out, if they change it and they say, all right, we were wrong, you know, full fellowship, come on in. Um, I, I think that the idea of being Mormon ceases to exist. Right. You know, like in a way they could change, and this is what we're going to talk about further, is they could change their viewpoint on blacks. They could change their viewpoint on polygamy. They cannot really change their viewpoint. They can be softer on the idea of equality for women, but they absolutely can't really change on homosexuality. Right. I think there's a couple fundamental things that, you know, with regard to like you know, the equality of women, like you're talking about, they, they've done some things recently, which we'll talk about maybe, but, uh, and, and with the lesbian or gay, uh, you know, uh, for them, it's an issue, but it's not an issue. Well, it's, it's becoming less of an issue for the rest of the world, but right. yeah, there are certain things that they can change and they really haven't changed polygamy. They just say you can't practice it now because it's illegal, right? Well, but if it was legal, they'd be all up and able to do that. Except the fundamentalist Mormons are actually living right but they're breaking the law when they do that right so oh that's another story (laughs) yeah but that's a whole nother podcast for the polygamy thing so they but but the fact is that yeah they they do change some things when it suits their purposes yeah like blacks they became real people in the eyes of the law right and so then the church had to accept them right and And they relate to the game there too late to the party yeah by the long shot and so now that um, being gay is normalized. And then uh, I believe we should have checked this out, darn it. I believe all 50 states except, um, what am I trying to oh, say? Uh, or, yeah, they allow Finish my gay marriages. Yeah. <laughs> yes, thank you. I believe you're right. Maybe I can check on it while you're okay. talking. But the problem is, is that even though they've accepted um, these other issues, they became second class citizens. They became not just the other, but this whole idea of separate but equal. And I kind of wanted to reiterate this idea that I 
in some regards kind of can understand what that feels like. Uh, I work at a school that um, my specific school is very highly black and Hispanic. Like I am the minority there. And another school in our district is mostly white, white and delightsome, as the Mormons would say. And so um, I can kind of see that separate but equal still playing out in that our school gets almost nothing. And the white school, because they're the rich school, they're the ones that demand things, I guess. I don't know. But they seem to get everything they could ever want. And they're catered to. Right. You know, and so um, that idea of the second class citizen, separate but equal, is going to play into where we go next. So knowing that the church doesn't and really can't change and accept gay marriage, um, I'm going to show that even if they have two options. The first one is that they can accept homosexuality and gay marriage, but at a very, um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? Set, like Kind of just a face value level. Right. Just for PR purposes. Pretty much. So they don't actually recognize it, but if they have to, they'll just be... Kind of just lip service, but what yeah. they actually teach, like when you dig down into their doctrine, is still unchanged, right? Right. Yeah. Right. And then the second one is, you know, full equality, welcome with open arms, and they're treated equally. Right. So let's just have a few ground rules or a few things that we have to make sure everyone understands. That's one, the church teaches that any sexual activity outside the bonds of marriage is sinful. Right. And that is grounds for excommunication. There are, there's nothing you can do sexually before you're married. Right. Granted, I'm going to tell you that even after marriage, they talk about procreation. And I know for me specifically, I was messed up with that because there was, that's a whole nother nother. But um, yeah, because they believe almost the only real reason to have sex is to procreate. Right. Right. And so they've always said that I can remember, well, if you have gays and lesbians getting married, they can't procreate. So therefore, it's got to be wrong and against God. Right. Right. Number two is that homosexuality is considered a perversion. It is actually sinful and in and of itself. So their idea is that if you don't practice homosexuality or you're not a practicing homosexual, that sounds weird, but that you're in a state of sin but grace, right? So um, that just makes me want to vomit because the idea of telling somebody you can never feel loved. You can never feel touch and yeah. love and emotion like that. That's wrong on so many levels. Right. Yeah. Stay celibate your whole life. You don't get to hold the hand of the person you love in public or in private. Right. You don't get to, you know, experience the first kiss or, you know, all the other, you know, Fun things that come along with having a, uh, you know, a physical relationship, you know, right. not, not just, you know, you can be best friends, but yeah, if you hold their hand or if you give them a kiss, that's acting on your sinful desires. You can't do that. Right. So. Right. And then the third thing, um, this one, I'm not exactly sure it makes sense. And I've read a couple of things, 
but um, that you really can't get top callings in the church. Um, oh, if you're if you're not married, right? So you have right. to be married, and if you are a homosexual, then you better marry someone of the opposite sex, right? And, uh, Just to get a calling, right? Yes, so I'm pretty sure. Yeah, President uh, Thomas S. Monson, right, the previous prophet, uh, he was asked to be in. Um, I think he was asked to be an apostle pretty early on, but he wasn't married yet, or something like oh, that. Oh, yeah, and he had to go find himself a wife, right? So I believe that's true. I think, I believe bishop, you have to have, uh, bishop, maybe even the bishopric, right? First and second council. I think they have to be married. Okay. And it's kind of like that on up. Patriarchs. Right. All those, you know, callings, you know, mission president. uh, And I I can't remember if I've heard, you know, like if someone's, you know, mission president, if their wife dies, they just, you know, finish out their mission because they're already there or do they find them a replacement? I don't know. Oh God. You know, that That would be awful. Yeah. It would make sense that the church would do that though. I could, I could see, but. Right. Anyway. I even read that to be an institute or seminary teacher that you, oh, you couldn't, you had to be married, but you couldn't have ever been divorced. Ooh. So Jesus. that is like, oh my gosh, here, let me just have you run my life for me. Well, and I, and I know at the time when I went on my mission, if you had had sexual intercourse or any kind of sexual relations with anyone, you could not go on a mission. Right. So. That is if that, you told somebody. That is if you told somebody. Correct. Because, you know, power of discernment, they're not going to find that out unless they know you're lying. Which is kind of weird, right? Because isn't the whole purpose of Jesus and this whole thing is repentance? So that's a whole other podcast, too. (laughs) Yeah. But why can't they fully repent of it and then still go on a mission? You know, doesn't make any sense. Because the chewed piece of gum, duh. Right. So anyway. Yeah. So people have always said... Well, you know, every member is important and callings don't matter, blah, blah, blah. Everyone is still wonderful. If you're the best hymnal stacker, you know, for 40 years, you're still assured a place in heaven if you keep your covenants. Yeah, but it's it's that idea that um, those people during conference, if they're sitting on those big old ass red chairs, being all comfy cozy, like, that shows that us. they are above reproach. Like, you can't touch us. We're better than you. We have a better calling. Neener, neener. And they don't say that physically, right? Well, of course not. But they do say that, you know, the, that the Lord will never let them uh, lead you astray, right? That means that they cannot do wrong, <laughs> right? Right. And, and that to question your, your church leaders is basically a road to apostasy. Right. Well, we are apostates. Hallelujah. Absolutely. Give me five. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. So now that uh, the church has tried so long to ignore homosexuality and uh, gay marriage and all those rights, you know, they tried to change it with conversion therapy and yep. that's still and Prop 8. in there. But again, another story. Yeah. And they're actually right at the time of this podcast, which we should have mentioned, right? It's December of 2019. They are still... Uh, going against a current measure in Utah, the church is like, oh, we don't, we don't like how it's worded because uh, something to do with you know religious rights. They're oh, still yeah, opposing they... a measure to uh, to ban conversion therapy in Utah right now. Right, they still want to do that. They it's... they think that that I guess the way I re- understand the article is they think that uh, you should have the option, have all the options on the table that your therapist should give you all the options and you should have that option if you want it, right? 
Right. I don't think they understand been, the damage it's done. It's to been people. crammed down your throat to believe a certain way and that you have to be a certain way. And if you're not that way, then you're useless. You got to change it. So, yeah. Duh. Anyway, so our first option is that they'll accept homosexuality on sort of a case by case basis idea where it's sort of the status quo. You're not allowed to participate. Um, and you're sort of the other, right? Participate in what? I just, just for clarification. Well, you can't participate in the temple for sure. Oh, okay, sure. You can't get those high callings because we're not going to recognize your marriage. Right. Right. And you, get to but the... you can still be a member and you can still pay your tithing. Right. Right. Because that's really what matters, right? Right. Got to keep that LDS ink going. And yeah, so they can't make it to the highest degree of glory in the celestial kingdom if you're not celestial married. Right. Right. Right, so think about that sort of with the blacks. They accepted them, but you can't get the priesthood. Right, so they you can get baptized. Them, right. You, God has said we cannot give you the priesthood. Right. God said. <laughs> uh, so it's similar to that, right? Right, very they, similar, actually. They changed the language. They changed the meaning of words to make it fit. And I can see that them doing, doing this sort of accepting at arm's length. Right. So they'll they'll probably have the same rules, you know, of chastity. You can't have sex before marriage, you know. And if you want to go ahead and get that gay marriage, fine. But we're not going to help you do it. We're we're not going to celebrate it anyway. And of course, no temple. So they're going to discriminate that way. Yep. And I believe that members, um, usually the younger ones, are going to recognize the hypocrisy. Yep. Because they're going to realize just it is. Right, because they're going to realize when someone gets called as a bishop, you know, Mr. So-and-so, who is super, you know, righteous. Brother so-and-so. Oh, fine. Yeah, Good brother gravy. So-and-so. Okay, go ahead. Okay, brother A, who is amazing and righteous and holy and perfect and wonderful. Very spiritual, in tune. Yes. Great with, with adults and kids and all that, right? Right, and then brother B, we should call him brother shithead i don't know what you want to call brother jack mormon (laughs) right you know he's not as righteous he um is kind of a douchebag but you know what he's married to a woman right he's probably could be beaten or he could be you know what is the unrighteous dominion he could be an idiot of you know not spiritual whatsoever but they're gonna pick brother b first because He's got a celestial marriage. And he doesn't have the stigma of being a homosexual. Yeah. Right? So, um, yeah, they're going to put an abusive relation or a potential abusive relationship as more important than a loving, committed, wonderful, beautiful homosexual marriage. Yeah. And the people are going to see that and go, that's stupid. Yeah. Right? So it's this idea of separate, equal. Not going to work. Right. Okay. That's probably a reason why the church won't go that route, but. I think they'll go that route first. Eventually. As yeah. a stepping stone to ease into. Um, and after all the old parts die off that have all this crazy thoughts about this. Right. Stuff. Or they're going to dig their heels in deeper and become even more fundamentalist uh, loners. And the people that actually realize they don't have to accept that are right. going to leave. Right. Probably. Yep. Because what happens next with the full equal rights where they bring people in like 
absolute full equality. This is where the shit show happens because most people do not think this, this far, far down the line, right? Right. Um, so the first thing that I want to make sure is if the listeners, and of course I am picturing a certain person, family member, as I'm saying this, if they have any idea of, you know, I'm okay with homosexuality, especially if one of my kids turns out to be gay, lesbian, LGBTQ, I want to make sure that they feel loved. Right. Right. And I would love for them to see this dualism here and realize that if they don't get out now, the messages are horrific for anybody that they love. Okay. So if they had uh, people come in that are LGBTQ, full equal rights, this really impacts the female membership. Yeah. Because on the day that they accept full equality, women lose all of their value. Like zero. They become, what's the right word I'm looking for? Just baby makers? <sighs> Not, yeah. I mean, but they just have, there's nothing. Anyways. So the Mormon theology, if you think about it, a man, their divine role as a priesthood holder, is that they lead and they... Um, they provide for the family. They lead with the priesthood, mm-hmm. right? All that. Yeah. Yes. All of the church functions, like literally all of them, uh, function on the male priesthood. Yeah. Always has women, to be a, a, a priesthood holder in the building on any church function. Right. That's and so like a rule. they're head honchos. So women, their divine role is to nurture and to care for the children, right? Mm-hmm. And to... And make babies. And make babies. Yeah. <laughs> and so they are the caregivers, nurturers, lovely like that. So the idea is that gender matters, right? They've established that um, male, female, procreate, and all has to do with the plan of salvation, mm-hmm. right? That is it. So let's go over the first of two scenarios. Two men okay. get married, right? Yes. Right. They marry in the temple. They can adopt children. They both have the priesthood. They both have the priesthood because they're men. Yeah. They've got... Why wouldn't they they have the priesthood? Yeah. Twigs and berries. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. So they have full rights to the priesthood. They conceal their children to themselves. Their eternal progression is clear. Right? Right. You know, I just thought of two real quick. Yeah. Maybe we're going to talk about this. So if they reinstitute polygamy, does that work for two male guys too? They, I guess they can have infinite husbands. Anyway, we'll keep going. I have no idea what you're talking. <laughs> Hold on, because uh, I have something for that okay. down the road. All right, so now let's do the other side and say two women get sealed together. Well, they have no priesthood. That's right. Right? They're women. They don't so get the priesthood. They cannot seal children to themselves. Oh, there yeah. is no eternal progression. No salvation, no plan of salvation works for them. They have nothing, mm-hmm. right? So in order to fix that, they, the church must, has to, there are no other way to do it. They got to ordain women if they are going to recognize homosexual marriage. Right. right? It's either they're going to have to do something, uh, but th- it makes sense what you're saying. I think that would be their only way that people would actually see it as, as equal. Because the other thing they could try is what Joseph Smith tried is, well, 
I'll let you be sealed to me, even though you're already married to so-and-so, right? Polyandry. They, 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 uh, okay, so you can get sealed to so-and-so. I could see them throwing that, something like that. Kind but, of like the... But probably not, because I think they realize how troublesome that looks on the church's history to begin with, right? It would well, cause more problems than what you're saying. I and what, what you're talking about with polygamy. Now, I don't know if this is exactly what you were saying, but let's pretend that two women get married and they add a husband, right? Because they need a priesthood. Oh, okay. That's like saying to them, sure, you can be lesbian here in this life, but you're really going to be fixed um, when you die. Yeah. So that's not really accepting homosexuality. No, it's not. But I could see the church doing something like that too, right? Yeah. yeah changing make the definition like, of terms. Yep. Just yeah. make it look like they're you know, allowing it. Right. But again, if people actually thought women have no value, we right. already have so little in the church and zero in the eternities. Right. And now it's just kick them while they're down, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Right. So now let's let's think about this just a little bit further. So once you give women the priesthood, okay, because we already asked that, even though they said no, right? There are certain cultural problems, like the Relief Society program, the Young Women's program. Mm -hmm. Why in the world, if women have the priesthood, would you require an extra meeting? Because they have to be invited to the priesthood meeting. That's yeah. where all of the um, business of the church is. Yeah. So you can't exclude them from that. Right. But they're not going to say, let's go to another meeting. And no offense, men are not going to go to a relief society. They're not going to go to young women's. You yeah. know what I mean? That would be a blow on their own ego. And, or unless they divide it somehow, like, okay, uh, you know, the two gay guys are like, okay, uh, I'll go to priesthood no, this week. You go to relief society this week. It's like... Doesn't make any sense. Yeah. I but see what you, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so the idea that the distinctiveness of gender, if that is gone, um, you don't have the division in the temple. And we can get onto this in another podcast where women have to veil their faces still in the temple as a sign of submission. I think they just changed that though. Like literally just changed it not too long ago. That is a whole nother, <laughs> I will get to that in a second. Okay. Right. Yeah. But this whole idea that, you know, the women ate the fruit, so they're the ones that sinned and. Brought um, man along with them. Right. Because man, well, except the man didn't sin. Adam didn't sin. He chose to descend from heaven. He chose to go with the woman. Yeah. So he is already established that he is superior and um, better than women because he didn't. Yeah. Or he wouldn't. Maybe that's a better. Yeah. And this is what the temple ceremony we saw growing up in the church. I think it has literally just changed maybe in the last several months. But doctrinally. But doctrinally, yeah. It's the idea that. And the scriptures that are the basis for the temple ceremonies, I'm pretty sure they haven't changed those. (laughs) But they might. They just won't tell anybody. They didn't change anything for blacks. That's true. Yeah, they there's still a lot of racism and crap polygamy. in the Book of Mormon. Yep. Why would they change their holy book? It's yeah. not like they even they actually read it. They didn't get rid of Doctrine it. and Covenants 132 with polygamy crap. Right. Yeah, true. So here, here is my first of my two last points. Okay. Number one, if they have to fully reconstruct their Mormon theology, 
Yeah. Okay. Role of men, women, it, mm-hmm. how the, the whole plan of salvation works. Where's yep. Heavenly Mother? Right? Is that what you're saying? All that no, stuff. No, just uh, everything. Okay. If they have to reconstruct their theology to say now, homosexuality is acceptable. Mm-hmm. Because it's acceptable, women have to have the priesthood. Right. Because women have the priesthood, now we no longer, longer have all these extra things to do. Women are not submissive anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? What's the point? Of Mormonism. Yeah. Why are you Mormon? Right. That whole idea about, well, what is it that makes you Mormon? Yeah. And most people will say, well, it's the ordinances in the temple. I need those. Everything else, yeah, I don't need. Joseph Be Smith. sealed to my family forever. Them. I'm doing this for my family, right? Yep. And so here's the clincher with that. We learned last episode with Mother in Heaven being invisible. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. If in the eternities, she is absent, because that is fact. She right. is absent. Yep. Not there. 2019, don't have any clue about Heavenly Mother anything, or which Heavenly Mother? Well, they say Heavenly Ligamous? Parents now. Oh. Right? They do? Yeah. <laughs> well, we say, they say, you know, we have Heavenly Parents, so that implies that we have a Heavenly Mother. Yeah. That's but about don't the you dare, only mention. Don't you dare pray to her, and don't, we don't want to talk about her having a name. Right. We don't know how many there are. Don't really talk blah, about blah, it in, blah. in meetings. Right. Right. Can't talk about it. Can't give a talk on Heavenly Mother. Nope. Even on Mother's Day. Nope. It's always about the stripling warriors. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Sorry. So tangent. now let's say that they get a revelation that says, all right, we accept homosexuality. Women have the priesthood. What has been going on to God's companion? Yeah. If he has a companion that has always had the priesthood, where is she or where is he? Yeah. That's the clincher right there. And why has he been holding it back this whole time? Exactly. He'd probably blame it on people. Oh, people are just wicked and evil. Yeah, that's what they say. That's why he did the flood, right? But the church would say, you know, this spouse is so special. I mean, that's what they do to women is they tell us that we're amazing and we're perfect and wonderful, blah, blah, blah. All the while, we have absolutely no say. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got nothing. And I say that God is hiding his spouse and he is an abusive spouse. He is an abusive God. Why is he hiding his partner that's equal to him? Correct. Makes no sense. Makes me irritated. So there you go. That's why the church absolutely, in my opinion, cannot accept gay marriage. That is why um, I yeah. can never go back to church. It's a slippery slope for them. I, they, they've already dug their heels in, in the sand, or yep. whatever you call it, drawing the line in the sand. And they keep wielding around that, uh, you know, we're the only true church. And as long as they keep doing that crap, I mean, they can't change, right? Right. But the good news is, is we can change. And we did. Yeah. And we voted with removing our names and said, we're done. We don't accept this bullshit. We're out. Yep. We look forward to helping anybody else out as well. That's right. So have a wonderful night. Toodle noodles. Bye. Hasta la pasta. Don't get any onion. <laughs> <laughs>